Thank you for joining us here at the First Love Ministry with the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for their Sunday, August 22nd service, 2021. Reverend Warren tells us in his sermon today what to wear in our walk of faith as he has titled his sermon, Wearing It All. Our special music selection titled, Sing Out With Gladness, is performed by our Ladies Ensemble, consisting of Catherine Ott, Annette Simmons, Stephanie Solterman, and Jean Harlow Truesdale. Today's liturgist is Keith Bradbury. Our scripture reading comes to us from Joshua 1, 2a, and 14 through 28. The second scripture reading is Ephesians 6, 10 through 20. The scripture reading is from Joshua 24, 1 to 2, 14 to 18. Let us listen to the word of God. Then Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and summoned the elders, the heads, the judges, the officers of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. And Joshua said to all the people, now, therefore, revere the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your ancestors served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. Now, if you are unwilling to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors served in the regions beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For it is the Lord our God who brought us and our ancestors up from the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. And who did those great things in our sight? He protected us along the way that we went and among all the people through whom we passed. And the Lord drove out before us all the peoples and the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore, we also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
much fun we're going to have in choir. I think it'll be really fun. Our epistle reading comes to us from Ephesians chapter 6. Let's listen to the word of God. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his power. Put on the whole armor of God so that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For our struggle is not against enemies of blood and flesh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, Take up the whole armor of God so that you may be able to withstand on that evil day and having done everything to stand firm. Stand therefore and fasten the belt of truth around your waist and put on the breastplate of righteousness as shoes for your feet. Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. With all of these, take the shield of faith with which you will be able to quench all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Pray in the Spirit at all times in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. Pray also for me, so that when I speak, a message may be given to me to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it boldly as I must speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Before we begin, I want you to imagine text scrolling across the screen saying, warning, warning, you are about to hear a metaphor. And for those online, you can actually see it happening. Warning, warning, you're about to hear a metaphor. In no way am I possibly going to preach about using weapons for Christ. You know, the song Onward, Christian Soldier, it has really bad theology. And we teach it to our kids, but we're not soldiers. And the Bible is never a weapon. If you read that into our text that we read today, you aren't reading it correctly. Too many people have turned language from Ephesians and Isaiah and Revelation into literal descriptions and not metaphorical ones. The Crusaders and the colonizers, Nazis, slaveholders, the list is ongoing. God is on the side of the oppressed, on the side of children and widows, the sick and the outcast. Too many wars have wrongly been fought in the name of Christ. Now, ancient Roman soldiers wore uniforms just like soldiers do today, so it's a good metaphor because many were familiar with what they wore. So if you read this passage carefully, the armor of God is not actually armor at all. They're tools for Christians like truth and righteousness, salvation and peace. However, it should be cautiously used because it uses imagery of weapons, That doesn't mean we can't talk about it. We just have to be cautious. So that's my official warning. So let's dig in. This passage begins recognizing that our basic defense from evil 
comes from God's power and strength. Paul says in verse 10, be strong in the Lord and the strength of His power. Therefore, our struggle isn't against this and that of the world. It's against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of all evil in the heavenly places. Something will defeat us in the present day. And today, it won't be necessarily evil in the evil places, but in the heavenly places, it says. We see the church in Ephesus being defeated, not from outsiders, but rather from within. They're fighting over the same thing the church fights about today. Interpretation. And even before they go out to share the good news, they're defeated. This church in Ephesus, a heavenly place, is struggling against darkness from within. And if the Ephesians are defeated even before they take a step outside, then evil has the upper hand. And they might not even recognize that it's happening. Similarly, for us, evil can be very clever. It can rear its head even in worship. It will attempt to divide us and highlight differences as problems. It will defeat us before we get into our car or click off the screen of worship. And oftentimes, we don't even know that it's happening. In C.S. Lewis's book, The Screwtape Letters, a demon is mentoring a student, writing him letters and how to manipulate humans. Fascinating read. I encourage it if you haven't read it. This demon cleverly tells him how to get a person to do exactly what he wants without thinking that it's a demon that's pulling all the strings. He would cloak evil with something like being too busy. You're busy volunteering so much for the church that you don't have time, no time to share truth or peace this week, no time to share the word of God with someone else this week. So instead of recognizing evil, we tell ourselves, I'm just too busy. And you'll let go of what God encourages us to do. Or we can get aggravated or upset about the little things while worshiping, like not being able to worship the way we want to, having to wear masks, or not being able to sit where we really want to. The piano's too loud, a child's crying, the sound system isn't working, and you couldn't worship properly. So instead of going out today refreshed and excited, you're upset you couldn't pray and sing and listen and worship. And before you leave worship, evil cleverly has defeated us without even realizing it. I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but just like the church in Ephesus, we too can become defeated in the heavenly places in the church. We don't even have a chance because evil works behind the scenes, defeating us before we go out, and oftentimes we don't even realize it. By the time worship ends, we've decided not to share the good news of Christ. Now, let's say we do make it. We escape evil's grasp on us, even in this heavenly place, even in the church, and we get out into that real world, ready to share the good news of Christ. And that's when the Ephesians are told twice to put on the whole armor of God. And here's how the metaphor works. If a soldier has a sword but no shield... He's vulnerable. The soldier has a helmet and a breastplate and no shoes. The soldier won't be able to march to the battlefield. The beauty of this imagery is that without 
all of these items, a soldier is ill-prepared to stand ready for battle. Without these essential items, the battle is lost before it begins. So if you're a Christian and you have truth, salvation, righteousness, but you don't have faith, you're going out ill-prepared. And if we do that, then we're setting ourselves up for failure. If you share truth but don't share God's peace, then it's incomplete. It's like a uniform God gives us, and they all go together. So in order to do this right, I've asked Keith Bradbury to help me. Most of us have to put on uniforms in one way or another, for sports, for work, for play. It might seem a little silly, but I really appreciate Keith and his willingness to drive this message home and for showing us what to wear when we go out into this real world. So thank you, Keith. First, the breastplate of righteousness. Paul tells us that our weakness is made perfect through Christ. The only reason we can be made perfect is because Christ is perfect. Only a perfect person can erase all the imperfections and sin in our world, and that perfect person is Christ. So the bottom line, it means that everyone, as imperfect as we are, can only be made perfect through Christ. It's an important message for everyone, that the church is filled with a bunch of hypocrites, and there's always room for one more. And when we wear this vest, Christ's righteousness protects our weakness. Now, second, the belt of truth. God desires us to live in truth, knowing that God loves each of us so much that he lived, died, and rose again for the least, the oppressed, the sick, the rich, for everyone, so that we can be with God forever. We don't have to argue this truth or prove it or scare people into it. The song we sing as children, Jesus loves me, this I know, it's truth. And we simply wrap God's truth around us like a belt. Third, the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. When Paul wrote this letter, there wasn't the Bible as we know it today. Instead, it would have been the living voice of God. In the book of Hebrews, it says the Word of God is like a double-edged sword. God's voice penetrates the innermost part of a person Even if people don't like organized religion, most people believe in God because God reaches the depths of our souls and speaks to us. I knew someone who was hurt by the church and didn't know what he believed. He told me everything he didn't like about the church and what he believed about God. In fact, we had very similar views. God's voice penetrates the depths of our souls, and we should share how God's voice penetrates ours. Fourth, the sandals of the gospel. It's probably the one that most Presbyterians struggle with the most. Verse 15 says, As shoes for your feet put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim the gospel of peace. Proclaim means sharing and talking and speaking about. Put on whatever will make you ready to proclaim. And it's the good news, which brings peace, not discord, 
Now, our job, especially these days, I've seen it in social media, is something other. But we share a message of welcome, of love, message of God. Jesus didn't go around scaring people to believe in God's kingdom. He loved people. He had dinner with people. And then Jesus spoke the message of peace. He did both. And he spoke about it. Sometimes all we do as good Presbyterians is show things. But if we don't proclaim it, we haven't put on our shoes properly. Now fifth, the shield of faith. Now faith protects us like an umbrella from rain and like a shield in battle. The Romans would use their shields like a wall. They'd lock them together and move in forward into battle. I'm sure some of you have seen this on TV. If we follow this analogy in the church, then we should use our faith together. We should move forward together and protect each other from harm. If fiery arrows are lodged into a shield, the soldier throws down the shield, making him vulnerable. But faith in God quenches all flaming arrows protects us from harm. Jesus talks about this when he shares about building a house. If we build our house on a rock instead of sand, and the rain comes and the wind blows, the only house still standing is the one built on the rock. If we have faith, we'll be protected from all danger and harm. Difficult things will come our way. We still might get bruised. But faith as a community will protect us like an umbrella from rain. And sixth, the helmet of salvation. In the movie Big Fish, the main character finds out how he's going to die when he's still a child. And with this knowledge, he's not really scared of anything. In fact, he's willing to do a lot of things that might even kill him but he knows they're not, because that's now how he's going to die. He faces a giant that threatens the town. He's willing to get beaten up within an inch of his life. He literally gets thrown into the lion cage of the circus. And this is how he lives his entire life, unafraid of dying. If you didn't know it already, that's how we all should live, as though we've already died. We shouldn't be afraid of death because it's not going to happen to us. When we were baptized, we died to our old selves and we were born anew. We shouldn't be afraid of death or failure or anything because we are forever with God. That's what salvation is. That's the hat, helmet of salvation. I really appreciate our model, Keith. He's looking good, isn't he? He's ready. He's put it all on, on to show us how to go out there into the world. Now, it's just a metaphor, folks, but God gives each of us these great things. And before you go, be sure not to let, your evil, let evil fool you here in this place before you get started. And whatever you do, don't forget your umbrella or lose your hat because you're going to need ample supply of faith and salvation. Don't forget to tie your shoes. Proclaiming peace is really needed these days. And as you leave this place, go out into your neighbor, 
neighborhood, to work, to school, and take all of these things with you. Righteousness, the vest. Truth, a belt. The word of God, scripture. Proclaiming peace, shoes. Faith, your umbrella. And salvation, a hat. Tough world out there, but I think you all, it looks like you're all ready. You're ready for it. It looks like you have it all on right now. Yes, even you online, you all are wearing these things that God has given each one of us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The congregation and visitors can now enter through the east or north doors. Our in-person service starts at 10 a.m. We do, however, ask that you keep your mask on while moving about in the building. In the sanctuary, there are two sections, one for vaccinated and one for unvaccinated individuals. The ushers will guide you to the section of your choice. Those in the vaccinated section can now sing without a mask. Join us at www.facebook.com slash slash and join our Monday First Press Jacks community group, which meets at 7 p.m. every Monday. This is a question, answer, and sharing group with the pastor. This is a private room, and you will be asked a few questions before entering to make sure you are a human and not a robot. Presbyterians with a Purpose is another program available at the First Presbyterian Church of Jacksonville for individuals needing to contact someone during these challenging times of the pandemic. You can visit that link. Just visit our homepage and find the link for Presbyterians with a Purpose. We also offer a Sunday live service starting at 9.55 a.m. You can visit www.firstpresjacks.org slash donate and make your contribution there. Or send contributions to First Presbyterian Church, 870 West College, Jacksonville, Illinois, 62650. You also can contribute through your bank using bill pay. If an account number is needed, please use 870-870-870. Our phone number is 217-245-4189. Our email is office at firstpresjacks.org. That's office at F-I-R-S-T. P-R-E-S-J-A-X dot O-R-G. 